Thank you for joining us for today's podcast hosted by Policy Research Associates. This is Crystal Brando, and I am here with Ryan Piccarella, the president of the Wellness Council of America, or WELCOA. Today, we're going to be talking about achieving wellness goals, and I'm very excited to dive into this topic with Ryan. Um, This is the fourth part of a four-part series with WELCOA, the Wellness Council of America. Uh, WELCOA is a national organization, a membership organization, doing work all around the country on workplace wellness. So we're delighted to have Ryan here to share his expertise with us. Um, He's been in the health and wellness industry himself for over a decade, and he's been sharing some wonderful information with us throughout this podcast series. So if you haven't listened to one through three, please feel free to check them out. And we're going to dive into the fourth and final podcast with Welcoa and talk about achieving wellness goals. So before we get started, Ryan, thanks so much for being here with us again. Thanks, Crystal. It's great to be here. So when we talk about achieving wellness goals, a great place to start would be explaining what wellness is. So from your perspective, can you share with the audience what is wellness? Yeah, I, I love that question. You know, it's actually a very personal question. And so it's kind of one of those things you could ask 100 people what wellness means to them, and you'll probably get 100 different definitions. But for the purposes of me describing it today, what we what we wanted to do at Wellcoa was to come up with a definition that we thought both related to the human experience and something that the workplace, every organization has control of, that they could help sort of improve wellness or, you know, and, and uh, or take it away in some cases. And so what we did is we spent a couple years uh, working with, you know, top experts and researchers and, and um, clinicians and you know, behavior experts to say, OK, what from Wellcoa's perspective, um, what is wellness and how can an organization, you know, look at it in, in a sort of a, a big, you know, full human way? And in our field and in the wellness world, I think for too long, you know, we looked at, at wellness as, you know, so much in the physical domain that we really didn't look at wellness, um, you know, outside of that, that we looked at wellness as, you know, as, as an overweight issue, as a cholesterol issue, as a, you know, blood pressure issue, a diabetes issue. And all of these are kind of in the confines of a medical model. And we wanted to really branch out from that because I think that, you know, all of those things are symptomatic um, of a much bigger thing. And so we looked at wellness and we defined it by seven um, sort of distinct uh, criteria. And that's health, meaning, safety, connection, achievement, growth, and resiliency. And again, all of these things, and this is in the context of the workplace. And I'll, I'll briefly go over what each of those are, and we can go on to the next question. But but health is the traditional sense that, you know, are we physically healthy? Do we have the energy to, to get up? Are we eating the right foods? Are we moving around enough? All of these things are important to living, you know, an overall healthy life, you know, meaning meaning and purpose in work, that all of us want to show up and feel like we are leveraging our gifts, our talents, that what we're doing is contributing to something more important. And as you and I have talked about before, Crystal, that, you know, this is really being driven hard by millennials in the workplace wanting to feel like that their work, you know, has a sense of meaning and that they have a sense of purpose in the work that they do is so important. Safety. Do you show up and feel free of, of harm or, or danger and that you're in a, in a safe working environment and condition? Again, this is the, the very basic kind of the, at the foundational of the, of the pyramid again, uh, but incredibly important to make sure that people do feel safe every day from, from injury um, or from emotional. It could be you know, emotional harm as well. Connection. Uh, I've said this a couple times that one of the most important things that organizations can do and that, that we as humans, um, you know, really need in our lives is a sense of human connection. So how can organizations facilitate uh, more connection in the workplace? 
achievement? Do I feel like I have growth opportunities? Am I going to move up? Do I see a clear line of sight between what I'm doing now and what I and where I want to be, you know, down the road in my career? Do I feel like my company supports me in achieving uh, both my personal and professional goals and potentially wellness goals uh, as part of that? Uh, growth is is very much related to that as well. That we all kind of have this need, you know, in in our jobs and in our lives to continue to, you know, kind of move ahead to set goals and to feel like we have opportunities to move forward. Uh, and then resiliency. And we talked, you know, a lot about that. But you know, do we have, you know, the capacity? Do we have the tools? Um, and do we have the foundation to really be resilient? So those are the seven things. And for anybody that wants more of that, we've we've got these are all free resources that we have. But that's really kind of the foundation of how we look at wellness at Wellcoa. Um, and, and help organizations understand how they can take each one of those seven uh, and build those into um, their strategies to help their employees be well. Thank you so much for that. At Policy Research Associates, we very much um, use the eight dimensions of wellness, which were developed by Dr. Peggy Swarbrick, who's at Collaborative Support Programs of New Jersey. And I'll just list the eight quickly uh, without diving into what they are. But they're emotional, social, occupational, physical, intellectual, spiritual, environmental, and financial. So these are the eight dimensions of wellness that a lot of our work revolves around. Um, We have different fact sheets on them, tips for providers to help work with individuals with mental health conditions or anyone for that matter, work on any of these areas of wellness. And so I love the seven domains that you just discussed because they can definitely be mapped to these different dimensions of wellness, you know, looking at resiliency in all these areas, safety in all these areas, achievement in all these areas. So I think that's a wonderful framework that you all decided to go with and and distribute materials about and have available to people because it's a wonderful lens to look at wellness through. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And I think, like you said, I think there's, there's a lot, certainly a lot of overlap, which is a good thing between the, the eight that you described and, and ours as well. So that's um, spot on. So now that we have some framework for understanding what wellness is, can you share how many employees um, around the country are actively trying to achieve some sort of wellness goal? Is there a way of knowing this? Are you familiar with that? Yeah. So it's it's kind of an interesting question. And so I, I um, I would say pretty much every single employee is trying to achieve some sort of wellness goal. And so, you know, w- what's interesting is that, you know, in the field of wellness, we, we kind of got stuck uh, into this, you know, extrinsic reward model that we felt like we needed to pay people um, a sum of money to achieve a wellness goal that a lot of times the organization set for them. So if you had a BMI over 25 that we're going to pay you, you know, to lower that BMI and get it, in th- you know, within whatever the organization feels like like is the, is the right amount. And so what's interesting is that most people, and we've surveyed, um, you know, thousands of people, you know, over the years are trying to achieve a wellness goal and, and everybody's is different. It could be, I'm trying to walk a 5k. I'm trying to, you know, get out of financial debt. I'm trying to, um, you know, really get into a job that connects with my sense of meaning and purpose. And so we're talking about things that, you know, people want to do, but when you ask them, um, you know, how many of you have been successful uh, in achieving your wellness goal? It's interesting that most people, you know, say that they have not been successful, that by and large people, um, you know, really aren't for a host of reasons. And so what's interesting is that people do want to wake up uh, and, and feel good every day, right? I mean, we want to wake up and have energy. We want to wake up and, you know, whether we have children or we have pets or whatever we want to do, or we have a hobby that we enjoy doing, riding bikes or gardening or anything, that these are all wellness things. 
and that we do want to wake up and feel the best that we can every single day. So I'm not sure at what point why we thought we needed to pay people um, large sums of money to be well. So that's just that's absolutely wrong. So I think what you know organizations need to understand is that people do want to be well and that the, the goal for all of this is to move away from extrinsic rewards and to really tapping into people's intrinsic desires to be well and not just that, but to be their version of well, to achieve the goals that they have for themselves. And everybody's is different. And again, wellness is a very deeply personal thing. And so allowing people to self-select into those things that you know really matches with their life and their dreams and their desires, and then achieve some success through that. There's a great for the for the academics that are you know listening to this. Uh, there's a great theory that you'll see woven into a lot of our work at Wellcoa. It's called self determination theory, and it really is about human behavior and motivation. What is it that can increase you know motivation for certain activities? And, and part of what we're seeing is there's this thing called self justification uh, self justification effect that if you otherwise incent people for something that is naturally intrinsic to them that over time that intrinsic desire goes down because they would have done it naturally. So it makes perfect sense. So, you know, what I encourage organizations to do is to begin to understand what are the things, what are people's individual goals, not set goals for them, uh, and then begin to create the conditions for them to achieve those on their own autonomously. That's great. Thank you so much. So I want to get into uh, what organizations do to help their employees achieve their wellness goals. But before talking about other organizations, I wonder, Ryan, if you can talk a little bit about what Wellcoa offers to employees and what Wellcoa does to help those uh, that work with you achieve their wellness goals. Yeah, it's a great question. And so like, like we did this before, I, I, I will, I'll answer, you know, again, from a small business perspective, uh, what we do. And then I think, you know, we can talk more if you'd like about what I see, you know, larger organizations that, you know, have access to more resources. So a couple things. And I think, you know, for us, I think the most important, you know, in a small business is flexibility. Um, so flexibility, and that can mean a bunch of things. So if, if you need flexibility with, um, you know, childcare, things like that, and, and kind of having alternative work schedules, uh, we certainly do that. We have some of our employees that um, we've got one employee that works in Hawaii, for example. So I think that, you know, we are really flexible. There's obviously, you know, we are a business and we are an eight to five business. And so it works better with some jobs and others. But I think if, you know, understanding what an employee's needs are, and then we can help, you know, schedule around those things. So if you have a particular yoga, or spin or other type of class that you like to go to during the day, um, you know, allowing our employees to do that. We have an on-site um, fitness center here, um, so we, you know, it makes it easy for them to, to do that. But I think flexibility and scheduling to allow people to make uh, the time to do those things uh, is particularly important. I mean, I think as as an organization, you know, going back to you know the seven criteria that I mentioned, I think we we focus on all of those. And so from a health perspective, uh, we offer great benefits to our employees. And I think that that's incredibly important, making sure everybody has, you know, access to care, the coverage that they, they, they need, it's affordable for everybody. Um, and that it's, you know, we don't have levers to, you know, make them pay more for certain things that it is something that they can have access to if they need to go to the doctor. You know, we have some, you know, on-site screenings that we'll offer here, but that's really important for that access to care piece. 
meaning. For us, I think it's pretty simple because we, you know, being the Wellness Council of America, being a 501c3, I think we all have a deep meaning and, and sense of purpose in our work because I think that organizations are the key to turning around the healthcare problem that we have in, in this country. And so we all work tirelessly, but it's great work because I think that it's we're doing our part to help make the world a better place. And so we share stories and testimonials. And if someone gets a kudos, it's a team kudo. And so we really sort of bring that meeting to the forefront. Every Friday, we have weekly highlights. And so if it's an email or a card or a letter, you know, a personal thing, we share that with the team so that we can celebrate that meaning and purpose uh, with everybody. You know, the, the safety piece, I think that, you know, again, we work in an office environment and, you know, we even do some trainings around safety. But if it's, you know, little stuff like we live in Omaha and I know you're in New York. And so if it's a, a really snowy day, it's, you know, don't don't risk coming to the office, bring your computer. Let's figure out ways to, you know, work, you know, collaboratively and have teams and figure out what are the right policies to support people to make sure that they're safe, both free of harm and that they're not putting themselves at risk, um, you know, unnecessarily. Um, connection. This is important for us. Again, on Fridays after our highlights, we have a happy hour every Friday um, that we'll kind of share stories personally. We kind of do fun games, icebreakers. Again, the idea is that we are always finding ways to connect with each other um, and to continue to grow and develop our team um, internally. Uh, achievement this every year, you know, where, where do you want, what do you want to grow into? And that could be, you know, look, I want to be a developer and right now I'm this. And so finding ways, educational opportunities to either learn a new trade, learn a new skill, but to constantly feel like people are sort of getting that part of their um, job fed again, whether that contributes to their current job or maybe something that they want to develop in the future is that, you know, kind of having those um, conversations and knowing what their goals are. Do you want to be a leader in the company? And if you do, let's talk about what that looks like and the path forward um, with that. And then resiliency. And I think this is kind of goes back a little bit to, um, you know, having that flexibility. We've brought chair massages uh, in here. We, we teach resiliency and stress management. So we will go over this, you know, with our teams, um, you know, as well. So sort of building that capacity into what we do is kind of inherent. I mean, we are a wellness company. And so part of what we want to do is eat our own cooking um, and, you know, walk the talk, if you will. And so all of these things, we, we make a concerted effort um, to do, you know, at the organization. And then basic stuff like we have filtered water. We have all standing workstations. We have, you know, we have a standing boardroom station. Um, we encourage walking meetings. I mean, all of these things are things that you mentioned that you all do, which is fantastic to hear. But we incorporate because the idea here is that it, it's, it's not a thing anymore when it's what you are, when it's who you are and what you do. And it's part of your culture. It's just it's kind of inherent in the DNA. And that's really what my goal is for Wellcoa and what I encourage other organizations to really, you know, kind of take advantage of as well. I love that comment about it being inherent in the DNA. And that's something that we talk about a lot in our mentally healthy workplace work, that it's not necessarily a matter of implementing a program or a practice, but it is the thing. It is what you do. It is part of the culture, the operation, how the organization functions. And again, you know, in our first podcast, we talked about different things organizations can do to try to fill that gap in terms of the social determinants of health. And we talked about small organizations and large organizations. And I think that's really important just as a reminder that small organizations can do this. So PRA is a small business. And some of the things that you mentioned you know, we also have here, um, we have professional development opportunities so that if someone does want to excel in a certain area of their work, you know, they could get paid 
to go to conferences and have that trip paid for and registration paid for to go dive in and learn and network and, and be with other people with similar interests to help enhance their expertise, to help explore different areas and to help show up at work with that additional knowledge and additional support. So I won't list all of the different things that we do here at PRA, but it's just wonderful to hear what small organizations, small businesses can do to help support um, wellness for their employees, that you don't have to be a large organization with a massive budget to be able to accomplish these things. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And that's, you know, one of the things that I think is so important that wellness, it actually, it doesn't have to be expensive. And I would say, you know, some of the best quote unquote wellness, you know, programs, we don't really like to use the word program I've seen, um, didn't offer any incentives at all and didn't have to have on-site fitness facilities, any of that, that it doesn't cost anything to genuinely care in an authentic way for your employees. It just doesn't, it's free. And so, you know, there's a lot that, that can be done without feeling like, and actually and in some cases I've seen organizations that may offer too much. They, they have a, a crazy point structure and they have, you know, a lot of incentives and there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through and it's confusing. And in some cases it actually creates more stress for people because they don't know exactly what's expected of them. There might be trust issues with data issues and things like that. And so it absolutely does not have to cost, you know, anything at all, you know, at all. So I think that that's a really important point for people to bring home, uh, regardless of what size company you work for. Yeah. And to that point of things not having to cost anything, going back to one of the um, first items that you discussed, the flexibility, that's such a huge piece and costs absolutely nothing to an organization to provide that. So, um, you know, we have flex scheduling here at PRA and people use it to take care of whatever they need to take care of, whether that is going to that yoga class or spinning class, like you mentioned, or a doctor's appointment, or just wrapping up the day and coming in fresh the next day and, you know, moving those hours to the next day so that they can just get home um, or wherever they need to be. And so that flexibility, again, costs nothing and helps to instill a sense that the organization cares about you and understands, like we've talked about in previous podcasts, that you're bringing your whole self to work. And um, sometimes that whole self, you know, wants a longer lunch period you know, or whatever that is. And then being able to flex that time and, and still get the work done and shift things around to accommodate personal schedules. So you started with that. And I think that's a great piece to emphasize because it costs nothing um, and means so much to employees. Yep, absolutely. And I, and I think the, the last thing I'd say is I, I've heard you know, CEO and a CEO that I admire say, you know, lead loudly that, you know, it's important for, you know, all the leaders and, and everybody out there that um, people are looking at as a role model that, you know, do that. If you've got a uh, a kid's recital that you want to go to and, you know, don't sneak out the back door, that make it known, that make it be okay for people um, to acknowledge those important things in their life and to do that. So I encourage everybody. And again, this is not about titles or spanning controls. It's lead loudly. And I think that that's really an important point that we can all play a role in doing that so people feel comfortable and safe and when it's time for them to take advantage of of the same thing. That's great. Thank you so much. So before we wrap up this topic, um, you mentioned some of the different pieces of the Wellcoa culture that support employee wellness. Is there anything else that you'd want to add about what organizations can do to help their employees achieve their wellness goals and have better success with that? No, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, 
the, the advice that I give a lot of organizations is you got to ask first. And it's, it, and that seems really obvious, Crystal, but I tell you, so many of them, they, they don't, or that you might have a corporate office or a head office that assumes they know what everybody else wants. You might have different remote locations. And, and you know what? Surveys are great, but sometimes just sitting around a table um, and finding ways to really collect you know, that feedback and to see what people want uh, can be a really powerful exercise. And, and you know, the, the only caveat to that, I would say, is be prepared to act, that you know, just simply asking people and never taking action um, it, you know, is, isn't a good thing at all, um, but being ready to start doing something about it. But there's been so many times when I've got in on a consulting project or with organizations and you get out there and then you take the feedback back to the management and, and they just can't believe what they've heard. Um, and it's not that they're just telling me something they wouldn't share with them. So I think just, you know, figuring out what, you know, what employees need uh, and beginning to create, you know, a plan to address that. And I don't think that there's any obligation and it certainly doesn't have to be, you know, expensive knowing that everybody can't, you know, afford standing desk or can't afford some of these things. And that's fine. Um, the most important thing, you know, that I'll end on is finding ways to create uh, caring cultures and caring environments because the impact that that will have on employees' lives and ultimately the organization's success um, is, is really astounding. Excellent. Thank you so much for adding that. And I think that's a wonderful closing point for today's conversation. Again, thank you to everyone who's listening to this as well. We hope you're getting some useful information from this conversation with Ryan. And again, um, Wellcoa is a resource to access various tools and products to support mental health in the workplace and to support workplace wellness. And their website will be in the description of this podcast. Policy Research Associates also has a number of resources that can help spark conversation, help move things along, and help uh, create some ideas regarding some of the things that we've been talking about. So again, this is the final podcast in this four-part series that we have done with Ryan Piccarella, the president of the Wellness Council of America. We're so grateful for your time and for the conversations that we've had. And um, thank you so much for working with us. Yeah, thanks, Crystal. I really appreciate being here. 